Well, welcome back to the Communication Mastery Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 5. We're up to five episodes already. Isn't that exciting? And uh, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, communication challenges because all of us have those and it's important we think about some of the different ways that we can experience communication challenges. So I've got a list of 10 different communication challenges for you today. Um, We'll look a little bit in each one about how to overcome them. And uh, the first one would probably be the one that you would think of first off when you talk about communication challenges. And that's the whole idea of, of misunderstandings or miscommunications, where we seek to communicate with one another, but we miss. And, and that can be a terrible time waster for, for any kind of interaction, whether it's at work or at home, uh, whatever it is you're doing. If you're miscommunicating, if you're not connecting, uh, when there's a miss in our, in our interaction, that can waste a lot of time. And uh, here's where, of course, the life languages comes in so helpfully because if we can understand those seven different languages uh, and begin to apply that knowledge to our interactions, recognizing that each interaction is going to be in a different language, depending on who we're speaking to or what it is we're seeking to achieve, then we can use the knowledge we've gained to make sure we're building bridges uh, and not miscommunicating. Uh, because I can adapt or I can clarify the message according to who I'm speaking with or according to the language that we're using in our interaction. So misinterpretation, misunderstanding can waste a lot of time, but you can very quickly learn what you need to learn to reduce that dramatically. We like to say that if you can learn four facts about seven languages, you'll be 100% more effective in your communication. Uh, I know that doesn't work work out as a mathematical equation, but four times seven does not equal 100, but it does in communication. If you learn those four things for seven languages, you're going to get along much better. Second uh, area of easy uh, solving for communication challenges would be not listening. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we think we're listening, but actually what we're doing is thinking about what we're going to say in response or how we're going to react to what we're hearing. And that's not really listening. Active listening means that I'm going to wait for you to finish. And if I'm truly listening to you, my immediate response is going to be a question or a clarification rather than a reaction or a response. Uh, If I don't listen to what you're saying to me, then I'm not going to be in a position to respond effectively uh, to what you're saying because I haven't heard it. I've been thinking through my own thoughts of what do I want to say in reaction. And too often reaction gets in the way. And so not listening is a big challenge, but it's one, again, that we can discipline ourselves or teach ourselves uh, to get around it or to reduce that, that challenge. Because when I learn to listen to you by clarifying what you've said or repeating back even what I think I've heard you say, then we'll find that we catch some of those areas where misinterpretation or misunderstanding was creeping in. That was number one, of course. So not listening um, is a big challenge in communication, but again, a second one that we can easily tackle if we're aware of it. The third challenge is a little more difficult, and that would be what I would call a lack of trust. Um, If I'm uh, different from you, Uh, or if I'm hesitating to connect with you because I understand that we're wired differently, uh, I haven't built that level of trust yet where I can uh, can communicate without a fear of misinterpretation. Or alternatively, you may not be able to receive what I'm saying because you haven't built the bridge to be able to trust me yet. 
And very often it's past experience that's playing into that, whether it's in our interaction or it's with other people in similar settings. Um, too many of us carry the, the baggage, if you like, or the, or the bruises of past miscommunication. And a lack of trust can really be a challenge uh, to, uh, to tackle. And that's where I find coaching can so often help. Um, because as I've learned more about the, the life languages, I've, I've learned to have a greater confidence in connecting with other people who are different from me. It's enabled me to offer um, some of the keys that help to build trust. Uh, and therefore, because I can build trust through creating this, uh, this atmosphere of, of openness or of honesty, uh, that then helps the bridge to be built. You, can, you can't drive a 10-ton truck over a 5-ton bridge. You have to build that trust first. So this one takes work. Um, but again, uh, very often it's helpful to get someone to give you a, a helping hand in strengthening that bridge of trust in whichever relationship, whichever working setting it is where trust needs to be built. The, the fourth communication challenge that I see quite often uh, is poor feedback. Uh, you know, have, have you ever wanted to give feedback to somebody about something they've said or something you need them to understand? You want to strengthen the communication, but you didn't know how because of that difference in wiring. Or, or maybe even more frustrating, you've tried to give feedback and you've actually made things worse. Uh, and so poor feedback or ineffective feedback can be a huge challenge in our communication. And uh, learning about those different communication styles can really help here. I was reflecting on this as I was preparing for today. And, and I thought, well, the way I'd give feedback to maybe a first language mover, who's all about action and, and justice and getting things right, the way I'd give feedback in that setting would be very different from the way I'd give feedback to maybe a first language contemplator who wants space to think about things and, and dig deeply. So the way I'd offer the feedback would vary according to who I'm giving the feedback to or according to what the situation is. And uh, again, learning the science of communication can really give us uh, strength in some of these areas to begin to tackle those challenges. Uh, along with poor feedback, number five would be a fear of speaking up because I know a lot of folk are not confident in how they're wired and how they communicate. And so that's another thing I love to help with is to give you that robust self-awareness where you know what it is you have to offer. Uh, you, it tackles that lack of self-confidence uh, at its root, if you like, because now you understand this is me and this is what I'm bringing to this interaction, to this exchange, whatever it may be. And uh, especially if it's in regular uh, specific settings. Maybe it's with a spouse or maybe it's with a boss or maybe it's with your, your, your key client that you struggle to connect with sometimes. Whatever that setting is, if I can help you to see what strength you're bringing to that interaction, then you'll find uh, a, a confidence that can overcome that fear of speaking up. Hesitation that comes from that fear can often be the hindrance that prevents the bridge of communication being built. And uh, some life languages are prone to, to, to being more easily able to judge or to mis misunderstand intentions or motives. You know, they're looking at what is your motive or what is your intention? Where are you going with this? And if I can quickly recognize distress in some of those languages, that can help to open the door to other people's input. And again, it overcomes that fear of speaking up 
that other languages would have in that setting. Uh, that's five. Let's go on to number six. Um, body language is also a very key part of communication. And uh, sometimes body language can be unhelpful. You know, if you've got that kind of resting frown face <laughs> or you tend to communicate mostly with your arms folded, that's going to be a challenge to some people to connect with you. Uh, and if you understand that about yourself and you recognize that it's causing a, a difficulty in the communication, then you can choose to train yourself to react differently. Uh, I know people who say that when you're speaking, even if you're speaking on the phone with someone, if you force yourself to smile, you're, literally your tone of voice changes. And uh, particularly if it's face to face, uh, you can, I'm not talking about feeling fake here, but, but on the other hand, if you recognize that some aspects of your body language tend to hinder connection, you can train yourself out of some of those things when it really matters. I'm not saying it needs to be all the time, but I am saying that there are settings where it can be very helpful for you to train yourself to, to modify body language. You know, you may need to adapt your preferred style uh, in, in an interaction. If you're the kind of hard-charging type of person who wants to get stuff done, uh, then you'll communicate more effectively with others who are not wired that way if you learn to, to give them space to reflect or, or uh, invite their way into the conversation. Um, but if you pay attention to what you're doing with your body and your face in the interactions, then you're able to tackle that challenge more effectively. Again, <laughs> you sometimes can't see what you can't see. Um, usually you don't communicate with a mirror, so you can't see how you're coming across to other people. Sometimes it helps to get a friend to, to observe you in a communication. You know, practice with a friend if you've got a difficult conversation to have and say, hey, can, can we practice? Remember, one of our takeaways was to find someone you can trust that you can practice this stuff with. Uh, well, uh, practice with a friend and say, you know, if I was to say to you, what you did there was wrong and I need you to change it and, and let's fix it now, if you were the person I'm going to say that to, how would you receive it? Uh, and they can tell you, well, you know, you're coming across pretty, pretty powerful there. Uh, or they can come across, they could say you're coming across hesitant and actually that person's not going to hear you if you're hesitant. They're going to think that you're, you're hedging uh, or you're trying to deceive them or whatever it may be. So uh, body language is an important part um, because the words we say are only a small percentage of our communication. Tone of voice is a huge part of it, but also facial expressions, body language, the actions of communication are just as important as the words. Number seven on our list of ten is conflict. Conflict can easily uh, short-circuit communication. Uh, and it, it usually arises when we fail to understand the, the personal communication styles, the preferred communication styles of the person we're interacting with. And so if I'm not fully understanding where you're coming from in your communication style, I'm not able to uh, appreciate the strengths that you bring because you're different from me. And therefore, the conflict increases. Um, so if I'm getting a deeper grasp of the seven different languages, if I'm learning those styles in a way where they're internalized for me, then I can actually de-intensify um, de the conflict. I don't know if de-intensify is a word, is it? But anyway, I can, I can help to reduce that conflict uh, as we're communicating because I can increase empathy, I can increase understanding. 
And that enables us to find an outcome, even if there is conflict, we can find an outcome that's beneficial to both parties. We can get that win-win out of a conflict rather than getting a, a, a relational disconnect out of it, because that's no help to anybody. Uh, and th that's another area, I should say, where uh, outside help can be very valuable. Uh, so if you're having a conflict, whether it's in a marriage or whether it's in a working relationship, uh, get someone to help. Uh, it could be a communication coach like me or it could just be a close friend. But get somebody else to step in with you and say, hey, we don't want this to sabotage our fruitfulness. We don't want this to uh, short circuit our effectiveness help us look at this conflict and see both sides of it so we can develop a win-win. So three more that we can look at. Um, another area that I see quite regularly is where the tone of a conversation is misunderstood. Uh, again, because all of us are different, the tone we use um, is, is different with each language. It's different with each setting. And I love it when I teach workshops because the participants suddenly gain this uh, aha moment, this insight into each other in ways that shed light on their tonal differences, uh, where a difference in tone could easily cause a conflict, but now we understand where it's coming from, it doesn't need to. Uh, the example I would use for this would be a time my wife is a, a very high responder as her first language, and she's very sensitive to emotions and to feelings. Uh, but one of her close friends is a high producer who's very hospitable and very good at resourceful management. And uh, I think, if I recall, Jane was going to a uh, uh, to a, a party or some kind of event where she was taking some of the food. And then they called her on the way to say, could she pick up ice because someone else had forgotten it? This made her late for arriving, and her friend met her on the on the porch uh, at the front door, and she kind of had her hands on her hips, and her tone of voice was very matter of fact. Uh, you know, where's the stuff? Give me the, th give me the food, whatever it may be. And Jane was able to process that through her knowledge of her friend's life languages and recognize it was her producer language speaking, wanting to make this hospitable for other people. And it wasn't personal to Jane. Uh, and so she was able to avoid a conflict out of a tone of voice uh, that uh, otherwise could have been quite harmful to their friendship for a season. So misunderstood tone would be our number eight uh, area of challenge in communication. Two more then. Um, a lack of self-awareness, this would be number nine, a lack of self-awareness can often um, give us uh, poor timing in our communication. Uh, some of us are wired to speak first and then to think later, but others think deeply and, and take a long time, may even struggle to form the words to express those profound thoughts that they've come up with. And so... There's a significant proportion of the, the population who communicate first through feelings, like my wife that I used in the previous example. And either that comes out too fast or it comes out too late to be included in the conversation in an effective way for the message to, to come across successfully. So if there's a lack of self-awareness of how am I communicating and how do I need to communicate, uh, then my timing can be off and we miss an opportunity or we can miss that opportunity to bridge the, the gap between two different styles. So a key communication component would be knowing when to adapt my style and how to adapt it into the manner in which the person receiving it can get it. Sometimes I need to speak more directly, more quickly. Other times I need to speak more gently or more slowly and give space for the person I'm speaking to 
to process what it is I'm saying. If I can understand that, timing really comes into its own uh, because there isn't one size fits all as far as timing. You'll hear other people say that you need to give time for feedback when you're communicating. Yes, you do, except if you're talking with someone who's all about action and getting stuff done. Then that would be unhelpful. So understanding the person and understanding the interaction helps you get the timing right. And our final uh, communication challenge, number 10, would be distractions. <laughs> I've left this till the end because actually it's probably the most common and it's the one you'll identify with most easily, most likely. Uh, how many of you would say, hand on heart, that you spend way too much time on your phone scrolling through this or that or something, keeping up with stuff that you don't need to keep up with? If you're wanting to communicate, especially in significant settings, then those distractions need to be put to one side. You can't communicate effectively if you're distracted. And uh, it's, a, it's a, a weird thing. Our world is more connected than ever but communication is suffering as a result of connection because we're connected to everything. And we're not designed to be connected to everything. We're designed to connect with one another in these relational connections. That's why communication is not the same as connection. And when you broadcast something on social media, you're not communicating. You're broadcasting. Uh, when you receive something on social media, you're not communicating. You're simply being broadcast to uh, you're, the, you're, the, you're the product, if you like. Uh, you're the, the one who watches the adverts. Um, and that's why they've got you hooked into that. So a key part of effective communication, fruitful communication, rewarding communication, would be moving those distractions to the side, eliminating devices and social media when communication is important and when engaging in communication is going to be the most effective thing we can do or the most fruitful thing that we can do. So today's takeaway for this episode would be if more than two or three of those challenges resonate with you, if, you're, if, if the, you hear that bell ringing in the background of ding, I got that one, uh, if you've got more than two or three of those, then communication coaching really is going to help you because the more we can deal with these challenges, the better our communication is going to get. And you'll be surprised just how much your communication can improve when we start to tackle some of those challenges. So your starting point could well be to go to my website and uh, pick up the introductory resource bundle. There's all kinds of helpful stuff in that, and it's only $9.99. So go to my website, markburlinson.com, and click on that if you're interested. Uh, you can also message me from there because I'd love to hear your feedback. What did you think of what we talked about today? Uh, what would you like to address in future podcasts? Let's have a conversation, a real one, in real time, by messaging back and forth, first of all. Or if you'd like to make it real voice-to-voice, -voice, you can also book an appointment on there. And let's take 15 or 30 minutes together to chat and connect. I'll see you next time.